pleased at this time to welcome a longtime friend of mine and our district executive, Reverend Susan Smith. Good morning. Barbara said I'm not here very often um, because I am often off with my other 75 congregations all over the Southwestern Conference. And, of course, I bring you greetings on their behalf. Um, It was wonderful to be home yesterday. My boss called me expecting me to be out somewhere, and I said, no, I'm just doing the weeds out in the yard uh, so he was he rejoiced for me too, because being a minister, of course, we only work on Sundays for an hour. All right. It is uh, my pleasure to celebrate Association Sunday with you. Association Sunday, this is its third year, and it's a time when we ask congregations to come together. Uh, to think about themselves as members of the larger Unitarian Universalist religious movement and to um, consider a donation to uh, some worthy cause. This year it is diversity. But I wanted to talk to you about a larger um, campaign that we're participating in, uh, which you see the logo of on the front of your order of service, which is standing on the side of love. I've been a Unitarian Universalist long enough to remember a bunch of UU ad campaigns. Uh, The religion that puts its faith in you, imagine a religion, the uncommon denomination, I could go on. They were all designed to bring people to us, to grow Unitarian Universalism. I'm so excited about the Standing on the Side of Love campaign because it is meant to take us and our good intentions out into the world to make sure that no person is dehumanized through acts of exclusion, oppression, or violence. So for me, it is the first of our campaigns to be grounded in a core value, something that we can work towards that is transcendent of our own self-concerns. And of course, it is grounded in the first principle of Unitarian Universalism, the inherent worth and dignity of every person. And it calls on the redeeming power of love, to fight against exclusion, oppression, and violence. It says that all people deserve love and respect, and so we will actively pursue social change through advocacy, public witness, and solidarity. Actively pursue. We did not brand this campaign as a Unitarian Universalist campaign. As a matter of fact, it has its own website, standingonthesideoflove.com. And that is because we want it to be a campaign that draws others to it. So we say we sponsor Standing on the Side of Love. A lot of Unitarian Universalists today are on the mall 
in Washington, D.C. for the um, March for Racial Equality, uh, wearing Standing on the Side of Love t-shirts. A lot of people are celebrating National Coming Out Day in their Standing on the Side of Love t-shirts with their congregational banners at their state capitals, demanding that persons not be excluded, oppressed, or dehumanized because of their identity. But this is about healing divisions and building community. When we stand on the side of love, we are using that soul force that Gandhi first and then Martin Luther King asked us to draw upon, the soul force of nonviolence. And this is not just about sexual gender. It is not about sexual orientation. But it also is about immigrant rights. It is about discrimination because of religion, because of race, and because of political views. It is an answer to the divisions which have grown up in our society and the intention of persons to benefit by dividing us. We are saying we will not be divided. We will stand on the side of love. Recently, I attended one of those planning meetings for Shreveport. You know, the um, several of us were there. The the uh, the city planning, the city, the master plan meetings. Yes. And we spent half of the day discussing the impact of race on the city of Shreveport. Now, I've been in Shreveport since I was in the fourth grade, and before that I was in Texarkana. So I feel like I know Shreveport pretty well. And many of us said there will be nothing good come of anything if we do not heal the racial rifts in our community. If we don't acknowledge that some streets are better kept up than others, that the minute a street begins to be inhabited by persons of color, well, services kind of go down in that area, that, that we are a deeply divided community. And there are so many ways that we, as All Souls Congregation, have stood on the side of love in the past in meaningful ways, and will be able to do it again. I was particularly taken by the announcement about the Woodlawn High School conversations and seeing that they were having trainings to help people understand how to go into a community and ask them what would be what they want, not what we think that they want, but what do they want for their schools and their children. And so there is much to do here to stand on the side of love. There are always hate crimes to address. There are letters to the editor to be written. There are places to show up and show your support. I remember in this last presidential election that I went down to the voting office downtown to vote. Uh, did some of you do that? It was like a, a party, like an African-American party going on down there. Uh, and I realized that it was not only a celebration of um, 
of the right to vote, but it was an indictment of our voting system. It suggested that persons of color believed that their vote would be safer if they formally went down to the courthouse and did not leave themselves open to um, the local uh, poll workers or other means of vote counting. That was a moment in which we could stand on the side of love, that these persons not be excluded from their civil rights. So this year, the fund for Association Sunday will be taken uh, in the name of diversity in our own movement. We are going to, as we always try to do, work on the moat in our own eye instead of the log in our neighbor's eye. And realizing that we have little success with placing uh, ministers who are persons of color in our congregations, a significant amount of the funds raised this year will go to assist congregations who will call a minister who is a person of color. Uh, You know, I have 76 congregations that I work with here in the four-state area and in Mexico, and I have had two ministries by people who were persons of color fail here. Um, Congregations intentionally called these ministers because they wanted to uh, diversify their congregation and they wanted to address what was the real demographic of the community around them. I do not have many cities in my four-state area which are not either majority African-American or majority uh, uh, Latino, Latina, Hispanic, right? So these are congregations that were trying to address their communities. And both of those ministries failed. And as I went in and tried to work on... um, making sure that we concluded those ministries with more grace than guilt, I realized that they had not worked on um, diversity matters. Racism is something. Racism is something we will never be rid of. But I'm just talking about simple matters of diversity, simple matters of understanding that even though I think everything that I do is normal and the rest of you should do it my way, that that is, you know, bordering on narcissism. So, so I would go into, the, into a congregation and they would say, well, um, you know, the minister uh, didn't thank people very much. Or the minister would uh, show up late for meetings. Or the minister didn't greet me as effusively as I thought a minister should greet a person. And I said, did you, when this occurred, say, I'm wondering if we're having an issue of cultural misunderstanding. Did you start with that question? You know, I'm feeling like you're not as grateful as I'm expecting, and I'm thinking... Probably you are, and it's just a matter of cultural differences. But no, they didn't start there. 
So we understand that congregations that call ministers who are persons of color will need support, ongoing support for those ministries. And that is one of the things that the Association Sunday Collection will go to this year. We have had a multi-year study of our ministry to and with youth, and we have determined that it is better for us to serve our youth in congregations and in small group areas rather than these big tribes that we have been having circulate through our movement. And yet, we determined that It was very important for our youth who are persons of color to be able to gather together on a district-wide and a national level because there are so few of them, and they benefit so much from the solidarity of gathering. And so part of the Funds for Association Sunday will go to that work. So, of course, I'm going to take a break now. And, uh, and we will uh, ask you for your donations to Association Sunday to be combined with our other congregations all over the country to go to these worthy causes to help you use, work on our own matters of diversity and reach out to groups other than those that we are well serving now. Love. What a namby-pamby, hearts and flowers, girly kind of thing that is. Who came up with this idea? Probably the same people who have curriculum called Weaving the Fabric of Diversity and Tapestry of Faith and all of those things. Love. I was once doing values-based visioning work with a congregation asking them to select three to five core values with which we would work to design their governance, their social justice, their education programs, their faith development, their liturgical year, and they picked love uh, as one of them. And then a few months into the project, they came to the, uh, to the monthly meeting and they said, we've decided to get rid of love. It's just, it's just weak. You know, it's just silly. It's just kind of, it's just love. I don't know. It was, it's not good. We're going to get rid of love. But I'm glad to say that after a year, we convinced them that love was a worthy thing to go back and recover. Love is not as easy as it seems. If you'll turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 13, you will read an amazing text, which we do not often really listen to because we hear it in weddings and we're looking at the dresses and things. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions and I hand over my body so that I may boast, 
but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult... I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only part, but then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, and the greatest of these, is love. When I was a child, I thought as a child. One of our great 21st century UU theologians, Tandeka, writes that everyone is broken because of the racism, the sexism, the homophobia in our society. So yes, many people are excluded there's violence against them, they are oppressed, but everyone is broken, she says. And here's what she says about that. That each one of us could look far back in our memories and recall a moment in which we loved with our child's heart because children are open-hearted, in which we truly loved someone who was of a different race than us, someone who was maybe of our same gender, and we took them home or we spoke to our parents and said, I love so-and-so, or I'm going to marry this friend. I'm going to marry this girl. I'm going to marry this little African-American kid. I'm going to marry... This boy, I love them. And we're told aghast, no, no, no. And shamed for our love. Shamed for our love. Internalized shame for loving someone of the same gender or someone of a different race or social class, someone from the wrong side of the tracks or someone who is Jewish, something, someone who is Roman Catholic. No. 
And so Chandeka says, every one of us is broken. Every child's heart in this country is broken. I posited when I was at the visioning meeting for the city, what would it mean if we knew that in our education system? What would it mean if we knew that race was just a made-up social construct? Not a scientific thing at all, just made up. Just no more. It's as, it makes as much sense as a world built on discriminating against people with blue eyes. It makes exactly that much sense. What if we taught our children that? Wouldn't we have the most transformative city? And so Tendeka says we are all broken, but out of our brokenness we can stand on the side of love because we know brokenness. Martin Luther King says this is not romantic love. This is not filial love. This is not the love I feel for you, my friends. This is not the love I feel for my family so sweet that I know. This is not the love I feel for those with whom I have comfort. This is the love, that agape love, that I feel for everyone, that I feel for the stranger. Jesus of Nazareth says anybody can love your friends. I tell you to love your enemies. Anybody can love your friends. I tell you to love your enemies. How difficult a charge. If you knew nothing of the teachings of Jesus of Nazareth, that would be the most radical thing you needed to know. Our own Mr. Emerson, in our own hymnal, tells us, A person will worship something. Have no doubt about that. We may think our tribute is paid in secret in the dark recesses of our hearts, but it will out. That which dominates our imagination and our thoughts will determine our lives and character. Therefore, it behooves us to be careful what we worship, for what we are worshiping we are becoming. What we are worshiping, we are becoming. And so I am thrilled to be called for once, not to try to talk more people into being UUs, but to take that UU soul force out in the community and stand on the side of love and heal the brokenness and call the brokenness out I hope that this congregation will be part of this great movement and that you as individuals will be part of it. I hope you will involve yourself in the great healing and the building of community, which we hope will be what comes from our advocacy and our public witness and our solidarity. And in that spirit, would you join me in hymn number 121? One, two, one, in your gray hymnal, and please rise as you are able.